Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much. It is mailbag time, ladies and gentlemen, today on Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Rock Auto. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program using whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As I stated, we are going to open up the fan mailbag today on Locked On Mariners. And here with me to answer those email questions, Locked On Mariners contributor John Miller. John, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been quite a while. Yeah, probably a little too long. Also back on the show, my personal secretary, Clive Braithwaite the Fourth. Clive, good job filling in for me the other week. Thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. I would like to take this opportunity to apologize to both Nick Margevichis and Yuseki Kuchi. I know I butchered both of their surnames when I guest hosted. While I've gotten the hang of how to say Margevichis, I will never be able to say Kikuchi properly. But to be fair, DC can't say it either. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Uh, Clive, we got a few emails after your guest hosting job. That episode, ladies and gentlemen, generated more email than any other episode in the history of this program. I'm a little miffed by that. Uh, but uh, Clive, we, we got we got a few, didn't we? Indeed, we did. We'll start with those few emails and begin with a question which was addressed to me, sent in by Sebastian. He asks, Clive, why did you feel it important to inform us that you were not wearing any pants, referring to the punchline of the tease going into the second break? Sebastian, that was something DC wrote in my script, because he thought it would be funny as a non-sequitur going into commercial. I was indeed wearing pants at the time. Sorry that it's such a boring answer. And to be honest, I wasn't thrilled with that joke and didn't want to say it. Moving past that, we'll get to another email that we got after I guest hosted. This one from M. Kelly in Mill Creek. He writes, I laughed through the episode notes for Jared Kelnick's knee and listened to the podcast over and over, until I got the trivia question right. It was incredibly entertaining and I almost learned something too. For example, now I think I know what Tommy John really is. May I ask, why will I never miss one of your podcasts again? And why are my shrinks cancelling my appointments? Doubt you can help, but it never hurts to ask. You're right, it does never hurt to ask, and indeed I can help. The reason you will never miss one of my podcasts again is because I have subliminal messages scattered throughout my show. That's also why you see women running down Bothell Everett Highway near 164th by the QFC and the McDonald's wearing nothing but a bikini and a Santa hat. It's also why I get discounts at Rogers and Coeur d'Alene. And now that I've said all of that, the FCC might be investigating my show, so I better stop that. And the reason your shrinks are canceling your appointments is quite simple. Listening to Locked On Mariners is considered a cure-all in the psychiatric world. It's used as therapy in mental hospitals for those who have committed violent felonies, but who were also deemed legally insane at the time. It's a known cure for depression and anxiety, but children, teens, and young adults should talk 
talk to their doctor before listening to Locked On Mariners as it may magnify their symptoms. I was recently reading about that in the American Journal of Psychology, and you were exactly right, DC. Yeah, they did like a four-part piece on the show. They they really did. It, it stretched out all winter. I was very flattered. It, it's quite a compliment. You are entirely right. Locked On Mariners and many of the other shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, if you've given a listen to, they are seen as a cure-all for anxiety, depression, insomnia, any of the above. Oh, absolutely. Listening to the Locked On Podcast Network every day, endlessly, at all times, will solve all your problems and bring success, happiness, and fulfillment into your life. It's been medically proven, gang. Clive, what is next, sir? Our next message was submitted by someone who didn't leave a name or hometown. The mystery fan asks, Why do you call Sam Haggerty Telegram Sam, and Donovan Walton Sunshine Superman? <laughs> John thought that was pretty funny, actually. Uh, the reason I nicknamed him as I did, first we'll talk about Sam Haggerty, last August or September, I'm pretty sure it was right soon after it was called up, I don't remember the date, but anyways, that particular day I was listening to T-Rex on my way home from work, and when I was recording the show that evening, their song Telegram Sam was still stuck in my head. So rather than saying Sam Haggerty while recording, I said Telegram Sam instead, and I pretty much decided right then and there that that was going to be his new nickname. Similar story with Donovan Walton. When he was first called up to the bigs, he was Donnie Walton. But last year, he started going by Donovan, which reminded me of... Well, Donovan, the pop singer from the 60s. And so I figured, hmm, Donovan, Sunshine Superman, a Donovan song. I'm going to start calling him Sunshine Superman. So I did. <laughs> As a side note, on yesterday's show, I said that Nick Margevichis could use a nickname. I haven't come up with anything yet, either music-related or otherwise. Also, I call uh, Jake Fraley Ace Fraley sometimes, but I haven't come up with anything for Nick Margevichis, anything that's, you know, interesting at least. John, any ideas? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I cannot think of anything right off, especially <laughs> nothing music-related. <laughs> it doesn't have to be music-related. We could workshop something a little later. Uh, gang, we're up at the Trivia Corner, and today's Trivia Corner is a trivia question. It is uh, this. The first opening day game in March took place on March 31st, 1996, in the Kingdom, 25 years ago tomorrow. Who were the Mariners playing in this historic game? Answering, answer, pardon me, following this word from Rock Auto, which is a family business, rockauto.com, a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your daily driver or classic, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and also remarkably easy to navigate. I've done it. It's easy. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much money for the same parts? That makes no sense, so go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. I'm probably going to have to enhance the audio since I said that really quietly. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com answer to the trivia question the first major league baseball regular season game which took place in march took place 25 years ago tomorrow 
I know I probably should be using this question on tomorrow's show, but it's a crossover episode, so I'm using it today instead. John, do you remember who the Mariners were playing in the Kingdom that day? I do not remember. It was a win, and it was against the Chicago White Sox in a nationally televised game. And if I recall, it was an extra inning game in which a very young Alex Rodriguez, who was batting ninth in the order, drove in the winning run, who I think was Doug Strange, but I could be wrong about that. Does that ring a bell? That does, in fact, ring a bell. Oh, good. So I'm probably right. No, I'm probably wrong. Coming up, are Jared Kelnick's and Taylor Trammell's placement on the MLB pipeline justified? I don't know, so I asked someone who does. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yeah, you were right on that one. Doug Strange scored on an Alex Rodriguez hit. Yes! <laughs> See that, ladies and gentlemen? My memory isn't all bad. I can remember opening days from 25 years ago, but I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast today. In any case, uh, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every single major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcasts wherever you get podcasts. Back to the email, uh, fan mailbag rather, with uh, John Miller and Clive Braithwaite fourth. Let's jump right back into it. Clive, what have we got next, sir? Our old friend Aiden Soames in East Hampton, Connecticut has now submitted a question in 12 mailbag episodes in succession. Very impressive. His message this time reads thusly, Does Taylor Trammell deserve to be in the top 100 prospects list? Also, do you think Jared Kelnick was robbed of number 3 on MLB Pipeline? Aiden, it's always very nice to see a message from you in my inbox when we do one of these mailbag episodes. However, this uh, does not exactly fall into my area of expertise. I know nothing about prospects. I just don't pay attention to it. So I asked somebody who pays a lot of attention to it, and that gentleman is former Locked on Angels host and friend of this program, Taylor Blake Ward. Um, I know that Tramiel did make Pipeline's top 100. Uh, he is number 100 at the moment. Um, but you know, these are kind of a, uh, they're a little bit, um, you know, subjective, uh, you know, when, when these lists are created, it's a lot of scouts that are talking to, uh, the writers, the authors, whether it be Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis with pipeline or Eric Longenhagen at Fangraphs or Keith law at the athletic, you know, there's all kinds of groups here. Baseball America has a huge group that they do a collective search with scouts and things so this isn't just a a single person's opinion um whether he is or is not a top 100 prospect obviously if he makes one list he is within that category but keep in mind when you're talking about the you know the number 70 prospect in baseball the talent equivalent is not that different from the number 120 prospect you know rated prospect in baseball so could he be a top 100 prospect absolutely it's just a little bit of subjectivity um, as for Jared Kalenic, um, yeah, I mean, this guy is obviously a top five prospect in all of baseball. And like I said, it's subjectivity to kind of how things go. Wander Franco is absolutely the number one prospect across all of baseball right now. Um, but could you make the argument that he could be number two or number three? I think it's, yeah, absolutely. I think he could be 
one of the top three prospects in all of baseball. Um, you know, it, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I like Julio Rodriguez more, even if I'm being totally honest. Um, you know, but I mean, like when when Jared was drafted, I think it was at the 2017, 2018 draft, if I'm not being mistaken. But Jared Klenick was my guy. And I said, you know, this guy's going to be a stud. I didn't think he'd be, you know, top five prospect in baseball kind of stud. And, you know, one of those guys that we're going to talk about in the future is a perennial all-star on a yearly basis. But yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, you're talking about Wander Franco is absolutely the number one prospect in baseball. No denying that. I don't think anyone would really argue with you on that. But if you want to say Kalenic could be number two, that's fine. That's your opinion. Um, you know, Adley Rushman is in that conversation. Um, depending on how you view pitching, Mackenzie Gore could be in that conversation. It, it's up in the air, but you know, could Kalenic be a top five? Absolutely. And you know, the difference between two to four, it's not a mass difference. Thank you very much, Taylor, for uh, recording a little piece for us there so we could answer Mr. Sohn's question. Um, to be honest, Aiden, I didn't know that Jared Kelnick was number four on the pipeline until I read your email. So that's how much attention that I pay to prospects. But don't let that stop you for, or anybody else from asking any question that's on your mind. If I don't know the answer to a question that's been submitted, I will find someone who can answer your question. Or at least I'll try to find someone. If it is a baseball question, then I have a lot of people who I can ask. So more than likely we'll be able to get an answer for you. Clive, what is next? Next question is from Rob from Walla Walla. Can you tell us if John Miller and JD also like curling and bowling, or is it just you? That's actually an easy question. You want to take it first, then? <laughs> Rob, thank you very much for your question. I also do enjoy curling and bowling. I enjoy them not nearly as much as DC. I'm learning some from DC. <laughs> DC and I often share clips back and forth and converse about it, much to the annoyance of my wife and his roommate but oh no my roommate loves curling and watches both sports with me actually oh my mistake <laughs> that's all right i know you didn't know that but uh i'm i'm positive that it probably annoys the hell out of your wife that doesn't surprise me <laughs> and uh as for jd i'm not entirely sure i know that he has watched bowling and curling at my behest and he agreed with me on the attractiveness of female curlers um, and I know that he watched last year's strike derby, the PBA strike derby, which was kind of an answer to the MLB home run derby. Very entertaining to watch. And I know he enjoyed it. And I also know that he enjoyed Kyle Troop's Afro. I don't know if he is stuck with either sport. However, I should have asked him before doing this show. What kind of host am I? I asked Taylor Blake Ward for an answer to a question. Why couldn't I have done the same with Jason? Oh, well, maybe I'll get an answer from Jason in the next email go-around. And if you want to participate in that next email go-around, please send a message to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Yeah, I am organized. Questions and comments on any subject are welcome and encouraged. Just please keep them appropriate, please. This is a family show. Coming up, how long will John and DC spend talking about music? Who cares? I'm hungry. Now for this from Bet Online. As soon as I get up the ad coming up, haha! Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Oh, the, my 
boss is going to love this. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. Baseball starting up soon as well, gang. This Thursday, just a few days away. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, related updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's absolutely free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. There may be a portion of that that I re record and post. Now, who am I kidding? I'm not going to re-record anything. Now, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the greatest protein bar in the history of things for quite a while now, almost a year. And if you're new to the Locked On Network, Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, delicious protein bar with 100% chocolate on each and every bar. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Yesterday's matchup was Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Caramel Brownie. The winner of this matchup earns the final spot into the final four, or the flavorful four as it were. I'm not really sure I have much of a stake in this particular matchup. The winner will be up against Mint Brownie in the semifinals anyway, and that one is my favorite amongst the flavors that are still in play. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to see who won the aforementioned matchup and to vote on today's matchup. Don't forget to actually buy some Built Bars. If you don't do that, then this entire campaign is completely useless. Don't render it useless. Help us out and buy dozens of boxes. And if at checkout you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. On top of that, if you buy one box, you can get a second box for the exact same price. Remember, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back today. Check back to see who won today's matchup. I always say that wrong. And who will become the best tasting protein bar? Built Bar. Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. Oh, thank you. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, J.M. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB this very day. Every episode from now until the 31st, that is Wednesday, features... Why did I say it like that? Anyways, they feature in-depth looks at each team and every single division. The AL West preview was last Friday, and it's right now on the Locked On MLB podcast feed. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever the heck you get podcasts. Back to this particular podcast, which is Locked On Mariners. If you didn't already know, and if you didn't know, what's wrong with you? What am I doing today? John Miller is with me, <coughs> as is Clive Braithwaite the fourth. Uh, yeah. In any case, we have... I think we just have one more email question, right, Clive? Before we resume, I must say that I like this three-segment format better than the old two-segment format. With your tendency to go off on tangents, there's now less of a chance we'll run out of time prior to getting to all the emails, and affords you much more time to get lost in the weeds. This next question should prove to be a perfect example. When I guest hosted, I made the comment that questions about music drive me up the wall, because you spend an inordinate amount of time blathering on about it. One of our loyal listeners, John in Fife, evidently has a sense of humor, sending you a music question, 
which I'm certain was done just to spite me. The comedian writes, what is your favorite genre of music? Favorite band or singer? I'm sure this will take the entirety of C block, so I'm going to get a snack. Be back in about 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to quite take that long because they're pretty direct questions. And also that voice that you're now hearing in the background is John's wife. John, I'll let you go first because I may very well go off on a tangent. So take it, sir. We quite often go off on a tangent when it comes to music. My favorite genre would have to be oldies slash classic rock favorite artists that's where i i think dc and i have talked about that on the air before and seeing as we are supposed to be close to the end of the show <laughs> we still have some time don't worry yeah i don't want to <laughs> go into it too much and my wife is here saying that we don't have 24 hours <laughs> to record this no, I think we have about six minutes. So my my favorite all-time artist is Neil Diamond. I love the Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin. Uh, what about you, DC? Well, my favorite genre is 80s so, so-called hair metal, which is a, a phrase I used to use all the time. I don't use it anymore. It's more of a label than a subgenre. I'm talking about pop metal produced in the 1980s. So that is my favorite genre. It is what I most often listen to. As for my favorite band, jeez, I don't know if I have an all-time favorite. I kind of consider Quiet Riot my all-time favorite band for sentimental reasons. They are the band that got me into heavy metal when I was uh, 15. About 20 years ago, there was a radio station in the Seattle area, 96.5 The Point. They no longer exist. They were only around for a few years, if memory serves. But they were an 80s music station. They didn't ordinarily play very much of the heavy metal from the 1980s, aside from Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and the bands that were really, really popular. But occasionally they would do all request weekends, and one such weekend, somebody asked to hear Come On Feel the Noise by Quiet Riot, and that's the first time I heard it. It was uh, the summer of 2000, and I, I, I loved it. I, a short time later, I found one of their greatest hits albums at uh, Fred Meyer. I bought it, loved the whole album, and from that point on, I was a metalhead, so to speak. Uh, the definition of heavy metal has changed so much since you know the the mid 1980s that it, the what I listen to today would just be considered hard rock, uh, but back in the day certainly was classified as heavy metal. I'm going off on a tangent again. I knew I would, uh, but I've already given my answer to the question, so I will I will refrain from answering any further, and I will restrain myself, which leaves us actually a little bit of time at the end of the show, John. And there is something I want to ask you that we've never discussed either on the air or off. I know that you're a basketball fan. Is, does that include college basketball, or was that pretty much strictly the NBA? It was pretty much just NBA, and since the Seattle Supersonics have left, I have very little reason to keep track of anything NBA-related. I was a fan of, say, the Boston Celtics, coming out of the, the Larry Bird era and it, it kind of because of that and their tremendous history, eight world championships in a row, the San Antonio Spurs, because they, they had the likes of Avery Johnson, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, 
Sean Elliott guys like that, the Utah Jazz, because for years and years they had Carl Malone and John Stockton, so I still roughly follow those. Recently it was the Golden State Warriors, mainly because I'm not a tremendous fan of LeBron James. (laughs) And the Warriors were the underdog. Yeah. But otherwise, I couldn't really tell you too many of the players or whatever. But not college. The only reason I ask is because I know that Gonzaga is still alive in the big giant tournament that they hold. Um, And the only reason I know this, ladies and gentlemen, is because there's a bar up the street from me which posts Gonzaga's record on their billboard outside as an advertisement so people will come in and watch the basketball games. I might be the only person in Spokane who doesn't give a damn about the Zags, but uh, I was just more or less curious, John, if you were paying any attention at all to what Gonzaga's doing, and I'm guessing that the answer's no. Uh, Yeah, the answer is no. I will remotely care about anything in Washington if the teams are doing good, making it to the Sweet 16 Final Four or whatever the and, and NCAA is doing. I'm not a fan of the NCAA at all Okay. for any sport. The only college sport that I would remotely pay attention to would be the fast-pitch softball because, as you've mentioned with the curlers or bowlers or <laughs> skiers or whatever, the girls can be cute. Otherwise... Hey! <laughs> and yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is my wife in the background commenting on that. <laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. John's married. I'm not. <laughs> I am 100% single, so I can say things like that and not get in trouble, whereas John needs to be a little bit more careful. I've mentioned my roommate on the show many, many times. Yes, she is a woman. Yes, we're close, but we're just good friends. We're not in a relationship or anything like that. And she talks about attractive men. And the flag bearer, the Olympic flag bearer from Tonga, has become something <laughs> of an inside joke amongst our group. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. And on that note, we shall end this madness. Clive, thank you very much again for doing your thing. Of course. But may I ask a favor? You bet. May I host tomorrow's crossover episode with Locked on Astros in your stead? No, not a chance. That's what I thought. But like M. Kelly from Mill Creek said, it never hurts to ask. Yes, I suppose that is true. Thanks again, Clive. John, anything that you care to plug on social media or whatnot? I'm not doing that anymore. I'm off social media. Are you still using it? I can be found on Twitter at SeattlePilot69. Thank you very much for having me on, DC. Absolutely. We'll have you again more often throughout the course of the season. I think the last time you were on this program was in January. Of course, I didn't do a whole lot of programs in February or or March. Oh, good grief. (laughs) In March... That should be changing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm starting to feel a little bit more like myself, and I've also dramatically scaled back my hours at my day job, which has left me a little bit more energy to be able to get this show to you five days a week, which is very important here coming up in the regular season. we got a full slate of episodes for you this week. Tomorrow, a crossover with Locked on Astros. Thursday, talking about the 26-man opening day roster. And Friday, recapping the Mariners' first game. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to Locked on Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that you might be able to happen to think of that didn't make much sense. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed today's show, ladies and gentlemen. I I thank you for listening, and I will be back with you tomorrow.
This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.